0: celebrating the connection with our pets this is animal radio featuring your dream team veterinarian dr debbie white and groomer joey villani and here are your hosts hal abrams and judy francis another incredible show
1: uh, boy i don't even know where to start if your animal has pet allergies listen up today dr marty becker here with the top three things to calm pet allergies and that that hits close to home because we have ladybug the studio stunt dog Who has just a few allergies?
2: Yeah, she's
3: just my my boss does too. It's a really yeah, it's so common, especially, you know, the West Coast, we have a lot of um, allergies. People have fleas elsewhere and we have allergies.
1: Oh, is it more than the East Coast? So we're, we're suffering.
3: I think so. But, you know, we don't have the fleas to kind of overlap uh, and mask. So so many people deal with flea allergy, dermatitis, but we don't, may not know that there's allergies underneath. So
1: Well, we've been trying just about everything. We've changed shampoos. We've tried this uh, oatmeal shampoo. I don't think we've tried colloidal oatmeal yet. And you're, you're always talking about that. So we might give that oh, yeah. a shot next. Uh, But we'll talk a little more about that coming up later in the show. Also, Kim Cavan will be joining us. Kevin? I'm sorry. Kim Cavan will be joining us. She has written a book called The Dog Merchants, an interesting little fact that there's $11 billion spent on buying and selling dogs in the U.S. Wow. That's a lot of money. And I was unaware mm-hmm. that, uh, that the I guess, I don't know if these are puppy mills or what, but we're going to find out all the details with Kim in just a few minutes. Also, litter box etiquette. If you're having trouble with your cats using the litter box, Doc Halligan will be Wait, here. is this for us or for our cats? Well, you know, I think it's mostly for our cats, although...
2: We I need give, to learn how to help our cats. It doesn't hurt to ha- okay. have a
1: little bit of human <laughs> etiquette, too. I don't watch my cats when they... I give them privacy. You know, I'll go to the other room just to give him a little bit of privacy because I think, you know, I'd want privacy, too. Uh, but Doc Halligan will have some tips on that coming up in just a few minutes. We have giveaways, too. We're going to be giving away one of these tourist watering bowls. These are really cool. This is a watering bowl. that It's, it's a travel bowl. Is that it's, correct, Judy?
2: Well, yeah, you can use it at home, but it's great for travel. It doesn't spill. It has a big reservoir, and you it only fills a little at a time. So if your dog doesn't drink at all, you can dump it out and still have more water in the reservoir oops i've got the darn hiccups it also comes i know i've been
3: drinking down there
2: she's she's actually drinking out of the
1: tourist water bowl
2: and it comes with a a filter so if you're out somewhere and you got to fill it with water you have a water filter in case you don't know where the water's coming from
1: okay well that's on the way we'll also have dr debbie answering your vet medical questions and dog father joey villani with your grooming questions and Lori brooks over in the newsroom what do you got going on
4: well, we're going to talk about uh, the oldest dog in the world that passed away. Okay. Yeah, really old. Really old? Really. Like, I, it was so old, I had to do some
1: fact-checking. Okay, that's <laughs> on the way right here in just a few minutes. Dr. Debbie, you want to take some calls?
5: Yeah, let's go to it.
1: Hey, Trey. Hi. What's going on in your world?
5: Oh, my! I have a cat. She's about two and a half years old, and she's been spayed, and... I've caught her spraying inside of my house Ooh, several okay. times already, and I've talked to my vet about it, and he says, first he told me that once they're spayed that they won't do that, but I told him I've seen her do it. So mm-hmm. he told me it's because that um, there might be strays around, stray cats. Uh-huh. And Are I, there? I know there's stray cats around because across the street from my house there's an abandoned building and there's a bunch of stray cats in there. Uh-huh. But I was wondering if there's something I could do or something I could buy to spray around that she won't she won't want to spray inside the house anymore.
3: Okay. Now, my question is, does she go outside or is she an inside kitty?
5: No, she's indoor-outdoor.
3: She does go outside. Okay. Yes. Well, that opens up the whole opportunity of a world outside your doors. And if she does encounter, see, smell, or even smell the evidence of those other cats in her um, immediate environment... You know, that's a lot to overcome. So she is basically saying, hey, this is my house, this is my domain, and if those other kitties are anywhere in that vicinity, um, this is a reasonable thing for a cat to do. It's not reasonable for us, but it's reasonable <laughs> in an explanation scenario. So um, the big thing is, you know, keeping the kitties away or keeping your cat indoor. And I think that's probably one of the first things we talk about. Um, And if uh, keeping her indoor is a reasonable lifestyle adjustment and you and she can take to it, that might help considerably. Although we still have kitties that are inside that look out curtains, that look out doors and see kitties on their front porch. And they can really still have those same social stresses and continue to spray and mark inside the home. So you have to do other things as well to ensure that she's not catching wind or sight of them from outside.
5: Okay. If you're well, not I, you know, hip- she loves being outside. I, I really feel bad locking her inside.
3: Yeah. <laughs> now, um, if, if if you're opposed to you know making her an inside kitty, you have to realize that you can't control that outside world. Um, you can try. And now, do the kitties actually? Do you ever see them come up to your house or?
5: Yes, I've actually like because we have like a little door, a little kitty, kitty door in the back that, that my cat can mm-hmm. come in and out. And I've actually caught them inside of my house before. Oh like no! If, if we're not home, well, and no I come
3: wonder why home, she's and... pissed off, man. <laughs> 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 I don't blame don't... her. Someone comes to my house and messes with my stuff. Uh, I'm going to get mad.
5: <laughs> oh yeah.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, he- here's the challenge you have: is that if these kitties have come over, and not only have they come in your house, but say you know they found resources, they found what they like in your house, and they want to explore it. As long as they have that opportunity you're going to have a really big overwhelming problem on your hands. What we need to do is shut off the access of those cats to your home. And that might mean keeping your kitty indoors for a spell. It might mean relocating the cat uh, door entry. It might mean trying some of those really cool products, the cat doors that are activated, say, with uh, the magnetic cat collar, so that the cat door only opens when your kitty approaches it, not when it just cat... A, B, C, or D down the road comes uh, yeah, up I to the Yeah, I've never even door. heard
5: about those kind of doors.
3: What, yeah. by a collar? Yeah, so your cat has to be one that you can keep a collar on, but they basically have, usually it's a magnet. Some I've seen some where they have like a microchip that, that kind of activates it. Um, but yeah, so basically, and this works for dogs as well, so they approach the door and it opens when they're in a certain proximity to the door. But when an, an offending animal, and even say like a wildlife, uh, comes around, it won't open. So that's a great strategy um, that you can try to kind of keep the both the best worlds for your kitty. Um, uh. The other thing is if we do have to kind of shut the house down to cat access for a period of time, um, and if you can tough it out with your kitty, um, then there are some other deterrents you can try. And uh, there's motion-activated sprinkler systems. Um, I believe one is called the scarecrow. So basically, any animal walks by this little motion-activated unit, which is attached to your um, sprinkler, and it goes off when that motion um, is detected frightens that little critter whatever it might be in a kind of soft and kind way and there's also that same kind of product that can be activated with puffs of air with high compressed air so um you might want to do a little bit of internet searching for either the scarecrow or the garden ghost which are those respective products um there's oodles out there though so um lots of those that can be of good value to keep those unwanted critters away and to allow your kitty to still enjoy that lifestyle that she enjoys and uh I would also, also if your, if your vet hasn't checked a urine sample on her, make sure we do check that um, just to make sure she's not dealing with a double problem of any kind of um, hiding infection there, um, a okay. crystal problem, because um, we wouldn't want to miss that and blame her for, for being a naughty girl for other reasons.
5: Okay. So, so, so besides uh, that, you said the scarecrow and the garden ghost is what it's called?
3: Mm -hmm. and then and then that motion activated collar and i I don't have any particular brands like i said there's tons out there but um it might mean tearing out that existing cat door and retrofitting it with one of these other products but uh you know i think you got a lot of good good options there and things you can try and uh you know if you have to shut down the feeding center and keep those other cats away for a while um you know then you know do your best and
5: maybe just keep her inside and just let her out uh because there's a my cat door is, like, in my laundry room, which is detached from the house. There's another door mm-hmm. that I could close there. And I could just keep them inside and, and just open the door and let them out whenever. Because I, I think maybe she's just praying inside because she smells the other cats in there, like you said.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I've had cats them come... out, maybe then Maybe that'll work.
3: That would be the, the, the biggest first step, yes. But there are cats that just kind of approach the front door where a kitty will be sitting on the comforts of their couch inside their house. They look out the window and they see a cat spraying on, say, the front porch or a wall near their house. That's enough social stress to freak your kitty out and say, I got to do the same. I got to mark my territory. So uh, it doesn't always have to be an indoor scenario they, for that. Even trip. if
5: they just see them from inside. Okay. Oh yeah.
3: You got it. You got it. So yeah. Oh, what? Kitty, kitties and territories, man. And you know they're they're like those little samurais. You know they're, 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 they'll duel it out. Oh,
5: yeah.
6: So. It, well, good yeah, good luck with okay. you, Trey. Um,
3: you got a couple ideas. I hope some of those work for you. Let us know. I'd love to know if if we're able to to make some headway and help you out in this department. So thank okay, you for well, your
5: call. You I'm gonna I'm gonna get on the internet, and do some searching, and try some of that. I think maybe that square code thing will probably keep trays away. Let us know yeah, how that works, Trey. I will. Thank you guys for your time.
1: Well, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes, helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal
0: Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Justin Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio.
7: Adopt a pet.
6: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Have you ever been frustrated while trying to take a picture of your pet? They're sitting there looking so cute. You pick up your camera and they run away, jump out of the frame, or try to play with you, or maybe even attack the camera. Pet photographer Ian White suggests choosing a background that works well with your pet. For example, if you have a black lab, he'll show up better on a light-colored blanket. Pets model the best when they're a little tired and after a meal. Let them fall asleep on the selected background and then alert them with a treat or a squeaky toy. Be ready with that camera. Try to take the photo from eye level, which may mean lying on your stomach or having your pet up on a bed or furniture. Good luck. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people to Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more.
8: Hello, this is Dr. Paul on Animal Radio. Take care of the pets and make sure that in these hot days that they get in lots of water and don't tie them outside in the sun
5: because then they get a heat stroke.
10: Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello, and please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friends' pets. Also, give it to them as a present. What a good
0: idea! You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: Have your pet, bring them around the radio if you have questions for the doctor, Dr. Debbie. In just a few minutes, Dr. Marty Becker is joining us with the top three things to calm pet allergies. And if you're suffering from pet allergies, or if your pet's suffering from pet allergies, you want to be listening for that. It's big this time of the season. As Dr. Debbie was just saying, She, her very own dog has some allergies, too.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. He's actually on allergy um, uh, medication. We desensitize him with his allergens. There's,
1: so. Now, is that like a steroid? Yeah.
3: No, it's actually... You know how like um, people often get shots to desensitize them to allergies? Uh-huh. Um, we can do the same thing for dogs, um, but uh, his situation, I'm actually using sublingual allergens. So. So every day he gets these little drops under the tongue and it helps to kind of trick his immune system so that he's hopefully less allergic to those things that he can't be avoiding. Does that ever backfire? You know, The sublingual therapy is very safe, um, very minimal side effects. With the injection, we have a little bit concern of like an allergic reaction to the shots, but we usually start at a very low dose and work up to it um, and monitor for any kind of problems. But he's done really well with it. So we're Uh, we're crossing our fingers this allergy season's been better it's not been perfect but it's been better since we started last year what would you say your
1: number one visit at the office is for is it skin problems allergies and things
3: like that (laughs) no doubt yeah an itchy dog is the number one thing and a vomiting cat is the other thing uh, that we tend to see (laughs) yeah
1: we're just about uh, 10 minutes away from news and a news check with Lori brooks what are you working on for this hour
4: Going to tell you about a dog. They got her from a shelter in Florida, and now she's working for a sheriff's department doing some major crime solving. It's a really great story. And she finds something. I mean, she's a, a search dog, and what she looks for is so tiny. It's just amazing.
1: Mm, I heard of this story. It is truly amazing. And a lot of these dogs, they find them as rescue dogs. I'm hearing more and yeah. more stories of these dogs that would have been put down being rescued and having jobs. It just shows you job. there's
2: so many great dogs at the shelter
1: it really is amazing uh, we also have giveaways in just a few minutes of the tourist watering bowl so you want to stick around for that you know the last 15 years of animal radio have flown by and the last eight years yeah it's been eight eight years eight 16, yeah eight years joey Volani has been here Wow, on Animal radio
11: it's been that long already huh? yeah wow Hard to believe. Huh? You know, and he and, and gave me a reduction in pay since I started, just so you guys know. Well, yeah, the pay scale so goes campaign, down campaign here. Campaign for me. <laughs> You're
1: getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting paid for this. I'm just doing it because I love animals. That's why I'm doing it. But I wanted to bring that up because, you know, you haven't aged a day and it must be the animals that are keeping you young. But hold on.
11: Yes. But 92 pounds lighter. You are. Yes, that is wow. true. Really? That is very true. Wow. That's,
1: yes. Congrats. That's like a small
11: person. Or a big dog? Yes, I got a I got a <laughs> midget that runs around. Well, good for you. What's going on today? Let's let's talk about the difference, okay? Because people ask this question a lot. They want to know if I do use people shampoo on my dog or cat, what's going to happen? Well, obviously, it's nothing that's that's going to be catastrophic. Sure. I mean, it's it's you're going to clean your pet. Your pet's going to be fine. But here's the things that that can happen, and most likely will. If you have a dog or a cat that has a healthy coat, you probably in most cases, I'm not going to say all, but most cases end up with a dry and itchy um, um, pet to end up with a, with a dry coat. But needless to say, that doesn't mean all shampoos. You see, shampoos have things um, that, that, that form this factor, which is pH and acid. In human shampoos, the pH is high and the acid is higher than it is in pet shampoos. But there's a lot of human shoes, shoes, yes, yeah, a lot of human shoes that pets wear too. Um, no, there's a lot of human shampoos that, um, that you can use on your pet that are neutral. And if you're able to get those pH sticks, yeah. and put them in there and test the pH, you can use it. Now, if if I told you i never use human shampoo on on a dog, you know, listen, there was days where we ran out of product in, in, in the salon in the early days and you had to use something. Yes, we have. I, I'd be lying to you if, if I said I didn't. The pro- Where it becomes a problem is this. If you have a dog that has chronic skin problems, mm-hmm. okay, and, 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 and there, are, there are some dogs that are just prone to it. What ends up happening is that could affect um, the skin problem and actually make the situation worse because oh. now you're going to get a dog that's a little bit itchy and is going to start to scratch and going to start to irritate. So I would say in most cases, unless you really, really know what the product that you're using and what's in it, um, but I would stay with just with a, stay with a pet shampoo. That's what it's designed for. That's what it's made for. And um, you know what? It's relatively inexpensive.
1: You know, I didn't even realize there's a difference in shampoos. I thought that uh, human shampoo was just uh, the same as dog shampoo. They were just well, had different labels on them.
11: Well, in some cases, that's true, and I'm not going to name the um, companies because I know a few companies. Oh, well, on. you got to think, think like they... John
12: Paul
1: Pet has both a human line
11: and a pet um, line. Right? Well, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go there. But um, I didn't, I didn't. You read. I, just... you, you, I, I think you could probably read between the lines on some of these. Um, to be honest with you, but then again, like I said. Sometimes their product is is extremely safe for pets as well because of the way it's designed. It's designed a little bit better. It's 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 neutral. It's acid neutral. It's pH neutral. So you can you can use that crossover line. Good. But you know what? That might be a good concept there, Hal. Let's 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 um let's start a crossover line. Good for you and your pet.
1: Well, I shower together already with them, right? Yeah,
2: let's get cologne to? and shampoos and matching <laughs> clothes and shoes and accessories. <laughs> oh
11: my! Yep, there you go.
1: Oh my gosh,
0: there you go, Joey Volani, the dog father on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi,
5: this
8: is Dr. Paul on Incredible Radio. Is that what it is? Animal Radio. Okay, I'm sorry. Hello, this is Dr. Paul on Animal Radio. You know, take care of the pets and make sure that in these hot days that they get in lots of water and don't tie them outside in the sun because then they get a heat stroke.
13: If you're a diabetic,
12: we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM.
1: Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance.
9: If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673.
4: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Well, you know that you can track your pet dog or cat with your smartphone these days. All you need is a GPS locator on their collar. But, you know, there are quite a few pet trackers out there. So the electronics review site ZDNet has some recommendations, and I thought we'd share them with you. They say when it comes to dogs, the one they like is Whistle because it's so small and it's really light. It only weighs about 1.3 ounces. It's also waterproof. The Whistle has a rechargeable battery that's good for 30 days, which is pretty phenomenal. And the app can also be used to track your dog's long-term health trends, and you can receive notifications if there's a big change in their activity or sleep patterns. The Whistle unit costs about $79 and does require a service plan that ranges between $6.95 and $9.95 each. Each month. Now, that covers the dogs and their recommendations, but what about cats? ZDNet reviewers remind us there are some trackers out there that claim to work for both dogs and cats, but keep this in mind. Those are only recommended for cats that weigh more than eight pounds. Their Cat GPS tracker of choice is called PawTrack, and it was designed especially for cats by cat owners, and PawTrack allows your pet cat to be tracked by GPS, but also by another type of satellite that detects when your cat is at home by ID your own home Wi-Fi network. And so when your cat is at home, the device powers down to save on the battery, which in the case of Pawtrack is a really good thing because their only complaint about it is that it has a short battery life. Apparently at full power, it only goes for about three days. Pawtrack retails for $160 and that includes a 12 month subscription to the locator service. And, you know, like I was saying, we just wanted to share this info because if you're like me, it is really confusing when you're trying to make a good <laughs> choice for your pet. There's so many things to choose from. And ZDNet does have a really good reputation when it comes to to electronic review.
1: I just found out, Judy, just showed me the one that you were just talking about, Whistle, just bought by Mars, the big pet food company.
4: Mars is going uh, off the charts when it comes to kind of, you know, modifying their whole nutrition plan for people and for pets. They're making a a lot of changes. I was just reading where they're like the first company and they're huge to make their own changes for uh, sodium recommendations. And they're basically saying to the government, yeah, regulate us on that. Oh, good. Last month, Mag, Maggie the Kelpie, an Australian dog that was possibly the oldest dog in the world, died. That's according to Rodney Habib on Planet Pet. Maggie was 30 years old. Oh, According to her owner, She, she lived in Australia. Now, at 30, that would make Maggie over 200 in human years and certainly a contender for the oldest dog in the world. But it seems her owner had lost her original paperwork, so her age couldn't be independently verified. So still, if you're thinking, and I probably would, too, I think no way could a dog live to be 30. But consider... Officially, the title of the oldest dog in the world still belongs to Bluey, who is an Australian cattle dog who was indeed verified to be twenty-nine years. Five months old when he passed away, according to the Guinness Book of Records. Bluey's owner bought him as a puppy in 1910, and he grew up as a working dog, you know, sheep and cattle, until he passed in November of 1939.
1: Amazing. Isn't that amazing? Wonder what they were eating.
4: (laughs) Yeah, really. That's a good point, Hal. Uh, When (laughs) rescuers met Shadow, this abandoned pup in a shelter, Mm -hmm. Shadow was just 22 hours away from being put down. Mm. Now... Shadow, quite the opposite, flying high, flying an airplane, even. Really. Shadow was a finalist recently on the UK reality show Dogs Might Fly. They rescue stray dogs and teach them new tricks with the goal of eventually training them to successfully pilot a plane. British dog trainer Victoria Stilwell says they looked for dogs that were willing to go the extra mile to problem solve and, you know, investigate how things work and figure it out for themselves. In the end, the dogs are then tested on how successfully they learned to fly a plane uh, through a system of treat-based commands. It's all positive reinforcement. It's very cool. It's a great story. Wonderful video, too. Yeah. And hopefully we will get a, a similar U.S.-based show like that on here someday. Uh, we've shared the video about Shadow on our website, too, at AnimalRadio.com.
1: Last year, you might remember we had a gentleman on from Australia that trained dogs to drive cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, I think is his name. He's the same person that trained these dogs up in the plains here. So wow. and that's we need to get him back on the show. Okay, let's do that.
4: I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update.
13: Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio list, five indoor activities to keep your cat from going crazy. Crazy cat people is a term often misused and certainly not something we believe here at Animal Radio. That being said, boredom and neglect can create behaviors in your cat that can certainly create challenges for even the sanest cat person. So do yourself and, more importantly, your cat a favor by creating an indoor environment that enriches and entertains your cat. Here's a few suggestions. Let's start with the indoor places to roam. A cat tree, a cat perch, or a cat mansion will all provide a place where the cats can truly be the kings and queens of their realms. These items have become more stylish, less intrusive, and much more integrated in homes than ever before. The sophistication and innovation have not only benefited cat owners, but the cats themselves. Cats want to be challenged, and they demand stimulation, or their curiosity will certainly get the best of them. Next up is toys. Have a variety of toys for them to play with, and place them in places that encourage them to seek them out and engage their prey sensibilities. Toys that offer interaction and speed are also a great way to engage, encourage, and satisfy their prey instincts, Cat toys have also become much more innovative and tech-driven. From home-based camera, treat, and laser units that you can control with your phone while you're away to toys that move quickly and provide a hunting play experience, technology has given cats and cat parents more to do than ever before. Next is the reality that anything is a toy for a cat. An empty box, an empty bowl, an empty shopping bag, all of those are toys, and anything in your home should be considered accessible for a cat. Any cat parent knows that a cat can find joy and adventure in places and things that most of us wouldn't find interesting. It doesn't have to be high tech or costly to entertain your cat. You know your cat and you know what they love to get into. Instead of getting upset, give them an alternative to play with and engage in that behavior. That also brings up training your cat. Yes, it's possible and many cats will excel at it if you're willing to put in the time and have a little bit of patience. Cats are extremely intelligent and they love to learn, thus their intense curiosity. Indulge it and train the behaviors you want. That'll certainly create a less chaotic and less crazy cat home. Finally, your cat wants to be outdoors. If you have the space, consider an enclosed outdoor area that will allow your cat outside time that is safe for them and other outdoor creatures. If not, consider dedicating at least one window to being a cat refuge where they can look outside and enjoy the beauty of nature from the safety of the indoors. Share your ideas on Indoor Engagement for Cats on our Animal Radio Facebook page.
2: I got a quick question for you, Doctor Debbie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start pet sitting some cats, and she told me that they had feline herpes, and she's uh-huh. given me some things to do. My question is, uh, what kind of precautions should I take when I come back home to my cats? Is this contagious? Is should I just wash my hands, my clothing? Is it do they have to be in an outbreak before?
1: That's a good question.
3: It it really is, and I would I would say usually it's by close contact, but it certainly has the potential if you get like respiratory secretions on you that you could bring at home. Um, yeah, so for it, me, if I they would have, probably if they have oozy eyes. For you, on my you lap, would probably what? Yeah. I, I would do a complete change? clothes, clothing change, clothing change. <laughs> myself. I would. <laughs> Cause I, when I had cats, I actually brought a respiratory virus home to my cats on um, my business clothes. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't a big deal. And, uh, it wasn't necessarily specifically herpes, but it, it can be something you can bring home. So I would just do a I gotta change go over there the, twice a day. <laughs> That's a lot of
2: changing.
3: Yeah. 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 I'm just Wearing I just wear gloves. Can you can wear like a, um, wear a smock or something like that yeah that's you know, what i'm trying to think one. of something maybe i'll mm-hmm.
2: grab one of hal's big shirts or something and just throw it over me
3: and
1: yep. we'll be using my clothing for that
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh come on now guy shirts are for everything <laughs> and then i would just leave it yeah, in there's the a car. lot worse on it huh yeah i would just leave it and i could take it off before i come in the house leave it in the car and i can put it back uh-huh. on again when yeah. i go bo- back over there or, in the evening
3: yeah or leave it at their place and just kind of yeah yeah
2: i just
4: i i, I didn't even know cats could get herpes oh
3: yeah. yeah yeah they'll get eye things they'll get respiratory things um, yeah and they have yeah. drops if their
2: eyes are oozing and again i i was just worried you know i got to thinking man i could i don't want to do that to my cats mm-hmm. yeah because it's chronic it doesn't go away it just kind of relapses see and i think our cats had it before didn't they when Boog was-
1: had that big fat lip that rodent's lip is that a mm-hmm.
3: version of herpes I mean, it could be, but yeah, a rodent ulcer can be allergic type stuff as well. Okay. So, yeah. I, I'll
2: spray myself down with Lysol and I mean, what about <laughs> my
3: shoes or things? Yeah. I mean, you could either switch shoes, leave a pair down there and just change out, you know, just, uh, yeah. okay. I think you get the without, point. You, we, Without having to do total decon, you know, you can just kind of leave some things there that you're only going to purpose for that. And then when you're done, then you bring them home, disinfect them, wash them, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they would go straight to the garage for the washer.
2: Mm -hmm. There you go. There's
1: a little tip for you pet
2: sitters out there. Yeah, you got to be careful. You you know, you don't want to bring stuff home to your pets. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thanks. Thanks. I'm going to make sure I'm very, very careful.
1: Does anybody else have any questions before we go? (laughs) We love having Dr. Debbie here. Yay. Well, Pixel, the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog, is
2: five months old now. Five months? Isn't it funny how time flies?
1: We've learned so much. Some uh, good things, some bad things. It's definitely been a big learning curve, even though it's not our first puppy. And one of the things we've learned about is Smart puppy pads.
2: We used the other ones, trust us, and they were horrible. They didn't absorb, and as your dog stepped off, you had little wet footprints all across your floor that you had to follow behind them and clean up.
1: And you know, that was the norm for years and years and years until Smart was invented. I found out they're made from upcycled materials, deconstructed, and of course, unused diapers. Now when Pixel goes to the bathroom, she keeps her paws dry, and she doesn't track around the house, and she can use the same pad all day long. This is a really thick pad that holds about eight cups. Now, I haven't measured it yet, but I can tell you that Pixel uses one a day. So all day long, She uses one pad. It dries immediately. It does not smell. These are definitely premium puppy pads that you should check out. And of course, you know, everything we talk about, we try here.
2: You know, you keep saying puppy pads, but they're great for older dogs too, for senior dogs. And, you know, even for all dogs, like in the winter, if you live where there's snow, you can put the pads down. They're great all year round for dogs of all ages.
1: The folks over at Smart wanted us to tell you about their new essentials line, giving you premium pad quality with a lower price. It's coming out this summer.
2: Yeah, but you forgot to mention it's their charcoal essential pad. This is a special pad.
1: Yeah, I hear that charcoal absorbs liquid like magic. Here's the website, whizsmart.com. That's W-I-Z-S-M-A-R-T dot com. I think you'll be pretty pleased with what you see.
2: Yeah, do it for your pups and do it for yourself
1: wizsmart.com that's w-i-z-s-m-a-r-t dot com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram
14: Hi everybody this is Lori Morgan reminding you to please stay or neuter your
0: pets You're listening to Animal Radio Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android
1: a zoo in here it's animal radio celebrating our connection with our pets and uh you undoubtedly know that especially if you've been listening to us for any amount of time that we are all about adopting animals and we we don't want you to patronize the breeders especially the illegit breeders or the the puppy mills we appreciate it when you get your dogs or cats or any animals not from a pet store but from a shelter or a rescue where there are so many animals that need to be rescued. You've heard me say this a million times.
5: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I get on my soapbox. I do it every weekend because it's very important. It's actually why we started Animal Radio, is to bring that kind of education forth. A book came across my desk called The Dog Merchants. And when I found out that people are spending $11 billion a year (gasps) to buy dogs, the whole business of buying and selling dogs, I was astounded. I wanted to get the author on the phone. Hi, Kim. Kevin, is it? Is it Kevin? You've got it
14: right. Thank you so much for the chance to talk with you today. Well, tell us a
1: little bit about the book, The Dog Merchants.
14: Well, I, I got to tell you, you and I do share the belief that uh, rescue dogs are awesome. I have two myself. Good for you. And I I heard that this thing exists called the dog auctions out in the Midwest. I'd never heard of a dog
5: auction. I, neither have I.
14: I didn't know it it was legal and regulated and the whole thing. And and so I I didn't even have a book deal. I just booked a plane ticket. And I flew out there to see it with my own two eyes. And I sat in a barn in Missouri and watched uh, about 300 dogs over the course of eight hours get auctioned off to the highest bidders. And this was light. It was bright. There were bleachers. People were there with their children and their families. There was concessions where you could go get snacks and sodas.
10: Wow. It was
14: like being at a day at the county fair. And when you realize how much money is changing hands, and on that particular day it was about a little over hundred grand, I think, changed hands on that day, and that it was both breeders and rescuers in that room bidding on the same dogs.
1: Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Res- rescuers were there?
14: Yeah, the, the first chapter of my book quotes quite a few rescuers who go into these dog auctions, and I'll tell you, I literally watched litters of puppies from the same dog. They're brought to the auction by commercial breeders who have no more use for them. They're mm-hmm. looking to get paid off and move on to their next type of dog or whatever it is they're going to do.
2: They're usually from and- puppy mills, right?
14: It it depends on your feelings about that term. Some people would call these breeders that, yes. Other people would say these are the ones operating in daylight with USDA regulations. They have to hand over those cards at this auction before they can participate as breeders. Again, I try to be careful with my language because I'm trying to at least be fair about what I saw and present it accurately. I appreciate that. Yeah, about two-thirds of the people, according to the owner of the dog auction who I interviewed on a separate visit out there, the, uh, in, in that auction barn were about two-thirds commercial breeders who are looking to buy the dogs to add to their operations on their farms. And about one-third of the people in the room are rescuers who are trying to outbid them. And so I would watch as literally a litter of puppies from the same exact dog on a breeding farm. The breeders would win the bids on half those puppies, take them home, offer them for sale over the Internet or whatever as $2,000 purebred Labrador retrievers, And the other half of the litter, the rescuers would win the bid, move the dogs out to places like New Hampshire and the Northeast and the West Coast, wherever they had people available who wanted to give them homes. They would market them and sell them for a couple hundred dollars as rescued from puppy mills after they had handed over the money to buy them with a cut going to the dog auctioneer as a commission. And my brain practically exploded that day. And I just thought this is maybe a good way – That we can talk about some of these issues that people, A, haven't heard, B, don't know exist, and C, find fascinating so they'll actually keep reading instead of being worried that I'm just going to make them cry.
1: Yeah. You know, animals are property right now in the eyes of the law. If that changes, I'm sure this whole auction and and, uh, the whole uh, purchasing animals will change, right?
14: You know, I have a whole chapter about animal law in the Dog Merchant's book for just that reason, because when you... When you really start to follow the money all around, if you have half a brain, I have to believe you start to think, how can this be happening? What allows this in our society? And as you say, it's the law. We're talking about buying and exchanging property for cash. And I make that point very clearly.
4: I'm really concerned about the rescues. You know, it seems like that's not an ethical thing to be doing. But I have seen posts like on Facebook and things where they will be trying to raise money to go and buy the dogs. But I was under the impression that it was they were like saving the dogs. It's so, a really but,
14: interesting conversation, and I'll tell you, I can see both sides of it, having been in that room. We're not talking about small small amounts of money here. I, I was uh, exchanging emails a, just a couple of weeks ago with a rescuer who told me her group went in and dropped about $15,000 at one of these auctions to try to buy up all the terriers because they had a lot of rescue homes that wanted terriers. So we're talking about big money. We're, we're talking about uh, again, the dogs being marketed as saved, probably the people getting the dogs on the other end don't know what's happening. And in my head while I was sitting there, yes, I went through that same intellectual exercise that you just processed, which was why are, why are the rescuers giving money to the big commercial puppy farmers? That doesn't make any sense to me.
2: Yeah, won't that encourage them to breed more?
14: That is one argument that, and there are rescuers who say that in my book, you know, we, we take a firm stance on this, stop giving them money just leave the
1: auction and move away. Interesting. I didn't know any of this existed. It's in the book, The Dog Merchants. I have 10 copies to give away if you're interested in this You have topic. nine copies Nine, nine copies yes. to give away. <laughs> Eight.
12: Eight. Eight. Eight
1: copies. <laughs> Seven. You better call now. We'll put all this information up at the website at animalradio.com of everything you've heard on today's show. Kim, thank you so much for joining us.
10: Thanks
14: for the chance to talk to you. I hope you have a great day. You
0: too. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app. For iPhone and Android. Hello, I'm David Bellamy of the Bellamy Brothers, and we're on Animal Radio. Love your animals.
12: Admit it, you love your
1: dog, and he is part of the family. So when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, Subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com
3: and
0: find out what all the barking's about. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Vellani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. You know, I pride Animal Radio in
1: having the best experts and celebrities and and just really the top of the cream of the crop when it comes to animals. And, of course, we have Dr. Debbie answering your pet medical questions vet questions we also have today dr marty becker and he's going to have the top three things to calm pet allergies that's this hour so if your animal has pet allergies which a lot of them do this time yes. of year, we have one here ladybug the studio stunt Talk.
2: that's never had them before it's just yeah. i guess they, you can develop them as you get older
1: yeah it's really strange because she's like judy says eight years old she eight years, eight old? years old eight years old she's mm-hmm. had no problems up until this year yeah so we'll find out what that's about and see if there's some answers from Dr. Marty Becker. Also, Doc Halligan is back, and she has litter box etiquette. Now, this is really important. Is if there
2: such a thing as there, litter box there etiquette? There is
1: etiquette for the litter box. <laughs> Wash your hands after you have to leave the litter box. Uh, don't uh, spend your time in the litter box when there's others waiting. For, for, uh,
11: no, there, there really is. If
1: you have a cat that is not going to the bathroom properly, as far as outside the litter is what I'm talking about, you have a beautiful litter right there, and they're going... On the side of the litter there.
2: Right but, next to it on the floor.
1: You may, may be suffering from etiquette problems, I yes. hate to say. And uh, Doc Halligan will have answers to help you with that. Just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori Brooks, what are you working mm-hmm. on over there?
4: I love lists, you know, the top whatever, the top 15 breeds, the top 15 names. Well, yep. We have coming up the best or most popular pet names in the U.K., and what is so funny or odd about this is that the top name for dogs and cats doesn't even crack the top 100 here in America. Oh,
1: hmm. OK. Wow. I want to take a guess at it, but I don't want to ruin it. If OK. You want to try? Max? That's here. Oh, that's here? Oh, that's here. Okay, yeah. so what country are we talking about? UK. The UK. We're
4: talking about the United Kingdom, England. Thurston. So there's Thirsten. Yeah, the top name <laughs> for dogs and cats over there. Doesn't even crack the top 100 most popular names in America. Thatcher?
2: I can't even nope. think of anything. In no, I can't. UK I really name. can't. Okay, so I'm yeah. going to stick
1: around for that. That's just in a few minutes anyway. So we'll hear what it's all about with Lori Brooks just around the corner. First, we're going to take some calls from you. Hello, Sherry.
10: How are you?
1: Good. How are you today?
10: Well, I've got a nine-month-old Yorkshire Terrier who is in heat, and I have some questions.
3: Well, go ahead. What have we got going on with that heat cycle?
10: Okay. Well, it seems like it's been lasting forever, but um, she went through the stage where the other dogs wanted to be around her, but I didn't notice anything, and then her vulva started to swell, and she started to bleed very little bit. And the bleeding has stopped. Her vulva is still swollen, um my curiosity is will that go back down?
3: It will, yes, but there's okay. conditions to that. So go ahead, what's your other part of the okay. question?
10: The other question was I have a, a twenty pound little terrier mix that is male who locked up with her this morning and she and he's fixed. <laughs> and <laughs> she um she didn't know what to make of all of it and we could didn't know what to do, so we put him in the bathtub. <laughs>
3: Wow. we'll get them apart. So That's a crude awakening or a rude awakening, I should say. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. Let's talk about this baby's heat cycle. And so how long has she actually been in heat? You said she bled for a couple days.
10: Yeah. I would. My best guess is that she's probably been in heat a good 16 or 17 days.
3: Okay. Well, the unpleasant news here, Sherry, is that dogs can be in heat for a long period of time and we don't really get too worried up until about six weeks. Um, So this whole process of discharge and vaginal swelling, all of that kind of can span that time frame. And for some dogs, they may only have bleeding for as little as one day, but some dogs will bleed up to three weeks. And that vulvar swelling, the vaginal swelling that you're describing, that can last up until that six-week period of time after that first bleeding starts. So you got a long period of time. And there are some dogs that will have a little bit of residual swelling in the vaginal area afterwards but um it's very interesting to me that you said that you have a male that is neutered and they actually tied because usually that's a a pretty much a hormone driven thing on his part for that process and that physical connection that where they actually got stuck together is that correct
10: Mm -hmm. oh yes yes and they weren't moving they were just staring at us like what do we do next (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness.
3: <laughs> he he must be an oversexed little fella if he's already had his little, little bazonkers taken away from him and he's still doing the deed. And he's been well, after I... her
10: for four or five days and we just, you know, kept shooing him and kept shooing him. Well, this morning we didn't get to him fast enough, so.
3: Yeah. Well, and has he been recently neutered or is that something he's been, it's oh, no, been seven, done for?
10: Or he's eight. Oh, yeah. He's, no, it's been a long time.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, very good. Now, and, of course, I'm going to have to put my little advertisement in for your little girl is to get this gal spayed. um, because. I know, but
10: I want puppies.
3: I know. I'm not listening. I'm not listening to that because I'm going to talk about her health benefits. And and there's a ton of Yorkie puppies, and I'll tell you that at my shelter, it breaks my heart. I can guarantee if I walk through today at our local shelters here in Las Vegas, I can find many purebred Yorkies sitting in the midst of those cages waiting for a home. So Mm. any pets that you add to the the pet population are going to displace those, and those are going to be euthanized because someone's going to want a puppy before they're going to want to take on a a pet that needs a home that's already on this earth. So I would have to put my advertisement in for that, but also for her health and, and her well-being just to help prevent mammary cancers and a lot of these reproductive complications. So sorry, Sherry, I just had to put that in there, and I know Hal's behind me on this one. Yeah,
1: but I didn't want to open my mouth at all on this because you're doing so well. Just t- telling it like it is. And, it is very, especially for the health of the the health of the animals. It has nothing to do with the reproduction and the population. A little bit to do with that, but mostly because their health. They will live a shorter life, and you want that pet with you as long as you possibly can have that pet with you. I appreciate your call, Sherry. I got to tell you, that whole tie thing is going to be a very amusing thing. Everybody looking at <laughs> each other, what, what do we do next? And your suggestion really is just to have a cigarette, sit back, and enjoy it, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they are, so you might as well just sit back and <laughs> maybe not watch them, but turn on the TV, you know, distract you don't watch them. <laughs>
1: It seems like you were just heading out of the show last week, Dr. Debbie, and going to release your hummingbird. What happened there?
3: Yeah, you know, we did. And for any of the listeners that you don't know, I was rearing a, a baby hummingbird and uh, released it uh, last weekend. And uh, it was very emotional, very hard. We, yes. Um, a moment of truth. You know, he flew out of the cage. We got yeah. photos and everything. Uh-huh. took off. And later that day, he was screaming for food in a oh, tree no. high, high above, oh, no. and oh, no. he he wouldn't go to the feeders. I, I was just so emotional. Um, so my dear husband pulled out the ladder, climbed up the tree, and hand fed the little baby hummingbird from the tree <laughs> oh, with no. a syringe so so, so so
1: where is he
6: you
3: know then he disappeared we saw him the next morning and uh, he was by the feeder sipping from good. the big oh, bird feeder good. and actually i even saw him today so he's hanging around my house he's got a new zone that he's uh, living in uh, away from the other hummingbirds but so i'm very happy to see that he's hanging around our house and hopefully going to make it now, here no are the
1: other hummingbirds mocking him you know like your mama is a human <laughs>
3: Your mama <laughs> <laughs> calling him mommy's boy. And so yeah, yeah. I think he's getting his share of uh, feather ruffling from them.
1: <laughs> Hi Brenda, how are you? Hello. How can we help you? I got the good doctor right here.
3: Hi. Oh my cat. Hello. My cat is
10: licking her side and her hair. She's licking her hair off.
3: Okay. Just one what side. part of her side?
10: Just the center of it. Just about a six-inch six strip.
3: Okay. On the like on the right or the left side of her body or both sides. Yes
10: just one side.
3: How old again is she? She's
10: between 12 and 14.
3: Okay, so she's an older gal and how's everything else with the rest of her health? Is there anything else going on currently?
10: No, she's uh, still playful.
3: Well, when I have an older kitty that's displaying signs of grooming in an unusual spot like this, it's a little less common that we start looking at things like allergies and skin disease. I actually start to go looking for some of the Uh, more internal problems. In a lot of these cases, I can actually find that a cat might be displaying signs of pain, something going wrong internally. So I will check um, x-rays. A lot of times I'll find things like bladder stones um, or arthritis. And these type of things can cause them to groom on the surface in a way to react to some more inner pain and discomfort that they're having. So that would definitely be something that I would look at. And some older cats also with some different types of hormone problems. Uh, We can see problems with kidney disease, liver disease, diabetes, some of those where we can even see some types of skin problems and manifestations of that. So um, it would probably be something that if I had her here right now, I'd pull up my nice big uh, needle and syringe and draw some blood and get those x-rays and take a good look because um, in many cases, you know, it's kind of the kitty's way of telling us that, you know, hey, I'm not right. There's something going on inside. And uh, we definitely would want to go searching along that avenue. And uh, as far as I should also ask if she's on any medicines of any sort currently? No. No. And is she the only kitty in your household here?
10: Uh, No, there's two other cats. And I have them on uh, uh, food for uh, urinary tract infection.
3: Okay, so she's not necessarily had a problem with that before then.
10: Uh, No, that wasn't why I put them on because of her
3: yeah yeah but I would say that's going to be my first thing and of course if you're in an area where we talk about fleas um, as always we look over the the rump of the tail area right above the the tail base area and that's a common site for site for fleas but you know I just I think that she's trying to tell us something and um, you know I wouldn't hesitate to go look in there and see what we can figure out from the inside out if you will
1: Okay. Time for the vet okay,
3: radio. Vet vet.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the dream team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Here's your real dogs doing amazing things, watch.
10: You wouldn't think he's 10 years old just by the way he acts.
7: Tucker gets into a lot of trouble.
10: Known in the family to be the food burglar.
7: And because of that, an amazing secret that was hiding in Tucker's belly is about to be revealed to the world. After I
10: turn around, the popsicle is gone.
7: Tucker ate it stick and all. You know, smacking his jaws. But you know, with dogs, often what goes in comes right back out. (laughs) Stick and all, everything came out. Two days later, something else came out.
10: And I look in the paper towel, and here is my wedding ring. I kid you not.
7: My wedding ring? Her ring went missing five years ago. I was devastated. The vet thinks the Popsicle stick may have dislodged the ring.
10: Friends have said, I want a dog that throws up diamonds. Like, who doesn't, right? So I have my wedding ring back, and Tucker is, like, mm-hmm. he's my hero.
9: Hero? That dog's a jewel thief.
10: Oh. And I don't even care. <laughs>
9: if you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch. if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM, plus we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 785 1673 That's 800-785-1673. Hi, everybody. This is Deborah
10: Wilson from MAD TV, and you're listening to Animal Radio as my friends
1: would say, Let's uh, take another call for Dr. Debbie. How about that? Dr. Debbie, and we have Henry on the phone. Hi, Henry. Hi. I have a uh,
8: kind of a geriatric old black cat. He's my favorite cat getting kind of old there, and I noticed that he has a uh, patch on his rear side that doesn't seem to ever heal, and uh, it gets bigger, and he bites at it all the time. I noticed, though, that it kind of recovers, never fully, when I give him uh, his flea drops for the month.
3: Hmm, okay. So it gets better when he is treated for his flea treatment. Yeah, the family actually thinks that it might be
8: dust mites, but, you know, I I wanted to get the official... Doctor, (laughs) yeah, it looks bad, but it, it gets better around the periphery.
3: OK, well, well, definitely, you know, fleas actually are the number one um, allergenic um, material for cats. So when they have skin disease and they're chewing and scratching approximately 80 percent of the time, it's flea allergy disease. Um, so that's the number one thing. So if the flea treatment seems to be helping, yeah, that could be part of the thing. Now, whether or not it's mites or something microscopic, ah, you know, possibly um, in an is this an indoor kitty or an outdoor kitty?
8: Uh, well, it's an indoor and outdoor kitty. You know, he if we're trying to get him to we, – we have a big house. You know what I mean? We can't – he likes to run. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's <laughs> supposed to be inside, but, you know, he, he gets in and out, you know.
3: Okay. Just because, you know, for an older cat that's indoors, um, mites aren't terribly common unless there's something else going on. So when they're immunosuppressed or some other disease process is going on, and then maybe we can have a mite problem. But, you know, actually, skin disease in older cats can even occur with health problems like diabetes and thyroid problems. So if this is a geriatric kitty, um, it might be well worth a trip to the vet to make sure we don't have something like that going on. Um, and then really focus on. And some of the, the skin treatments that we might try beyond the flea treatment, and those might include um, certainly uh, types of hypoallergenic diets that we can try using, um, and for some kitties, it's really a matter of making sure that um, all the ins and the outs are good, that we're on a good quality diet, we're doing regular grooming procedures, and then you know checking out things like even arthritis in older kitties. It's a subtle, silent problem that they don't often complain about, but I do see cats groom themselves excessively in the hindquarters. Areas when they are having pain down there. So it can be one of those kind of things that you don't always know about. And cats aren't like dogs. You know, they don't often show like that limp, that gimp with arthritis. Um, And it really has to be detected by an x-ray to see if they've got spinal problems or hip problems. Um, But a little treatment with some glucosamine might be a uh, trick to try as well to see if your kitty is having some of those aching joints that comes along with old age.
7: Okay,
8: thank you so much because that excessive licking and, and that, that just that description, how he's moving, does sound mm-hmm. kind of like you hit know, you key points even without being here.
3: Well, good. Hey, reaching across those radio waves to help our listeners. Thank you so much, Henry, and give your kitty a good scratch on the head for us. Um, Thank you for your call. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. We're waiting here.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
7: Good day, Animal Radio listeners. It's Vinnie Penn, your party animal, coming at you. Uh, I wanted to t- uh, relay a little story to you, maybe get some, some advice from you. I've got new neighbors next door, and there was like major construction going on in, in their yard. Um, I know this for a fact because my wife spent four hours in the afternoon just peeking through the curtains uh, and staring at what they're doing. Any upgrades to any house in the area? The wives are all like, eh, did you see the new steps? Three doors now? It was a beautiful beautiful stone did you see the new curtains across the street three doors to the left no i i don't see these these things but the women do god bless them but this was major construction uh come to find out they're putting in a koi pond in their yard it was really beautiful if you ask me they had nice slate and the water's going to be running they're filling it with fish and i spoke with the neighbor uh uh, introduced myself and spoke with him. I looked beautiful. I love the sound of the running water. I love the sound of a fountain. And uh, the fish he described to me sounded beautiful. Uh, but when I la it, it took me a while. It wasn't until later when it dawned on me, uh, why not just mail an invitation out to foxes. Uh, perhaps some there's been some bear sightings in in this particular part of Connecticut. Uh, why not just let every uh, every animal in the area know that uh, you've got a happy hour buffet and uh, they can just cut right on through my yard to get to it? So I brought this up to um, a guy I know whose brother is big into fish. We we have fish ourselves right now. The kids love the fish. It's going to break their heart when they look out the window and they basically see something. We stumble upon on the Discovery Channel happening next door, and he said they actually had to put a netting over it to keep the animals from from feeding on the fish, although what's that going to do to a fox? And you're still just going to have a bunch of neurotic, colorful fish uh every night I, you think i, w- I want to take my kids over to the pond next door to see hey look at the nervous wreckfish." yeah no they're not cold uh, it is this it's it's beautiful out they're trembling because they know tonight that fox is going to try to get to them again are these homemade ponds really a good idea Vinny Pen, party animal animal radio just asking questions Remember, if
1: you have questions about anything you've heard on today's show, visit us over at animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. All updated, all new. It is cool. It is free. And uh, you actually look sexier with the app. Not a lot of people know that is one of the effects. But if you download it to your phone, you look sexier. Like, look, do I look sexier than I did before I downloaded it? Of course, you're saying. (laughs) So there's so many reasons to download it. So do it now.
9: Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673.
3: This is an Animal Radio News Update.
4: I'm Lori Brooks. Isn't it amazing these days, all of the things that shelter dogs who would have otherwise been euthanized that they are now being trained to do, like you know, plucked from the shelter at the last moment. Such is the story of this dog, 14-month-old Gia. They call her a sleuthing superstar. And the only equipment Gia needs is her nose, which is now famous. She is the newest weapon in a Florida sheriff's arsenal against child pornography. You see she successfully sniffs out any tiny electronic storage device or card. Literally, they say, Gia can sniff out anything that can hold a memory. Dogs with skills like Gia can cost law enforcement as much as $20,000 to buy, but Gia was picked out for her special personality and talents from a local animal shelter in Florida, and she was free to the sheriff's office. Her handler says Gia walks into a room and that she can smell the tiny memory device's like we can smell pizza, which is a good thing because so many child porn offenders really hide those things well. Those little small thumb drives or even tiny SD cards that are often loaded with evidence in hard to find places like behind an electrical plate in a wall. So Gia has been a lifesaver in Florida. We know the most popular pet names in America for dogs, right? right. They're Max. Bella, I mean, every year. But what names do other countries have as their favorites? You know, you want to hear something unusual or different once in a while. In the U.K., it turns out that Alfie
15: Alfie. is the most
4: popular (laughs) name for dogs and the fourth most popular cat name. Alfie, capital A-L-F-I-E. Now, interestingly, Alfie does not even crack the top 100 list of most popular pet names in America. So here's the official list for this year in the U.K. and their favorite pet names. The most popular dog names, which are not, by the way, broken down by male or female. Uh But the most popular dog names are Alfie, first, followed by Poppy, then Bella, then Charlie. Now, the most popular cat names are same names, but a different order. Charlie is the most popular name for cats, followed by Bella, then Poppy, then Alfie. Wow. And the most popular names for horses are Rosie, Alfie is second, then Bailey, and Belle. Isn't that amusing? Bella, I think, actually is on the U.S. list. Yes.
3: Yes, it Two, is. Right.
4: So. But uh, that's the only one that, that goes both
3: ways. Me thinks that the English people need some creativity. In their pet <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs>
4: Come on, guys. And that it it's yeah. works for dogs, cats and
2: horses. Yeah. I think at least here in the U.S. we, we separate our dog names from our cat names. Wow. I don't think they cross over as much.
1: Maybe so, but I'll tell you that the U.K. is much further advanced with animal care and, and loving their animals than yes, we ever they have they are. Been,
2: They've so. got better animal laws than we do.
4: The Animal Friends Pet Insurance over there, which did the research, says that trends over the last few years do show that people are now far more likely to give their pets human names than ever before. And they attribute that to the fact that we are more likely to consider our pets as a part of the family. Mm-hmm. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update.
10: Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
1: It's Animal Radio celebrating our connection with our pets. Today, Doc Halligan has brought Ricky, the Lucy Pet Foundation spokescat, in the studio. And I'm amazed at just how well Ricky has behaved. He's one
2: cool cat.
15: Can you hear him? He's being out Ricky
2: Yes, I can hear him. He
15: is him. a he yeah, he is a dog in a cat's body but then cat people say don't say that i go yeah but it's just cool for people that might not think about getting a cat to say there can be some cats that are dog-like and there's dogs that are cat-like
1: we have one of those in our studio nike the studio cat dog yeah yes every week we get a whole bunch of questions about kitty litter and uh, people calling in saying that their animals their cats in particular are not using the kitty litter they're, they're going outside of the box. And there's so many reasons this could happen. And I, I wanted to say that your kitty litter etiquette is right on point. What, what, kind of, what kind of kitty litter etiquette is there?
15: Well, let's first, let's talk about cats in general. I mean, like if you have a baby, you kind of, it's easy diapers, diaper gets dirty, change it, right? So I sure. think, but people get a kitten or a cat, they've never had one. And I don't think they are educated on proper etiquette. Cats are clean animals. They do not want to go in something that's dirty, That's the number one reason why they don't use the litter box is that it's dirty. I mean, think about would you go to a porta potty, you know, and just be like, Oh, this is great.
1: No, no, I, I, I try to avoid the porta potties <laughs> as much as I can. Yes. So they're fastidious. Right. And they these, want a clean place.
15: Yes. I mean, they don't want to step in something that's dirty in the wild. They would go to the clean little spot, do their business and cover it up or not cover it up. So if you have one cat. Believe it or not, the rule is the number of cats plus one you should have, because let's say you forget to clean the litter box daily. At least you have a backup instead of your carpet. So Ah. the rule is number of cats plus one.
1: So even if you have one cat, there should be two litter boxes.
15: Correct. Technically, yes, you should have two. Where should these boxes
1: be located? I mean, should they be located right next to each other so they can just choose one? or the other you know
15: they can be if space is limited there is not a problem of putting the boxes right next to each other I've had two cats for 18 years boxes are right next to each other they've never gone outside the box so that is okay Um, if you have room and you want to put them in in different locations but the location is extremely important because cats are acute hearing they have acute sense of smell they're they are predators, unlike dogs. So they have a little, their senses are very important. So they're very sensitive to sound and movement. So you do not want to put the litter box in an environment where there's a lot of commotion. It needs to be in a quiet environment. So wherever that is in your living environment. I actually have mine in a cabinet with a kitty door. They go in, it's closed off and they go out. They like to be private when they do their business.
2: Yeah. And I was gonna say now should I put <laughs> hairball? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
15: hairball! You got a
2: hairball, Judy. <laughs> you need fiber in yes. your diet. <laughs> should I put covers on them to help? You know the sight and the smell keep keep, keep it the away? Litter yeah, in Yeah, it yeah. In well, it.
15: it's interesting because of cat's incredible where there's absolutely no ammonia forming. You can use a covered litter box now. Before the formation of this litter, I would tell you no. Why? Because the smell is just amplified inside a tented box. But there have been studies that have shown that, you know, it's 50-50. Some cats actually do like the hooded box. And I'll tell you why. If you've got it in a bad location and it's hooded, they'd rather be in the private, you know, than having it open. But most cats prefer the open box as long as it's in a quiet environment.
1: That's a lot of etiquette there. Anything else?
15: Well, I think studies have shown, as veterinarians, we've done lots of litter studies, they prefer the clay clumping litter. Okay. So that is what most cats prefer. So uh, that's why Cats Incredible came out with the clay clumping litter, because it is the majority of cats prefer that.
1: Not to mention that it doesn't smell, it has no ammonia smell. In fact, there's something, there's a proprietary secret ingredient that keeps ammonia from smelling, in cats, incredible. And it, you know what? Yeah. We haven't changed. I just remember this today. We have not changed <laughs> that litter in almost a week now just because and? I haven't smelled it. Usually when I smell See? it, I go clean it.
15: Mm-hmm. Oh, and you've noticed. Are you using the scented or uh We're unscented? using the, the
1: unscented. I prefer the unscented, okay. and they okay. love it.
15: Yeah, no, thank goodness to Dow, who came up with this. For years, they were studying it. And, you know, it costs a lot of money to be able to come up with a product like this. And, you know, there isn't a lot of dollars being spent to help animals. It all goes to human research. So I was really happy that we were partnered with Dow Chemical, because they really are going to make a difference For kitties, we are going to save cats' lives because of this litter.
1: Okay, it's Cats Incredible. Doc Halligan from the Lucy Pet Foundation will talk with you again next week.
15: Thanks so much, you guys.
6: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. An Australian man was recently caught hiding three geckos. In his socks. Police found the little lizards hidden in the man's socks during a routine search of his car and alerted wildlife authorities. It's believed the man caught the geckos, which were a protected species in the wild, with hopes of selling the popular little lizards on the black market. The alleged smuggler had hidden a marble velvet gecko, an eastern spiny-tailed gecko, and a three-spot knob-tailed gecko. A wildlife officer explained that taking an animal out of the wild affects both the local populations from which they're taken, but also can spread disease to other reptile communities. Unlawfully taking wildlife can cost you fines up to $24,000. Maybe this guy was just trying to save on his car insurance. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are
10: people too. Animal Radio. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio. And I'd just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet, and you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals, and for the environment.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio. We'll head back to the phones for your calls in just a couple of seconds, but we have kind of a personal thing we need to take care of, so we're going to use this multi million dollar radio station (laughs) to take care of our dog's allergies. Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, is unfortunately suffering from some kind of allergies that she has not. Ever suffered from and it's yeah. it seems to be like a skin allergy
2: and she doesn't have fleas we've checked her for fleas there's no flea no it's just nope. a lot of
1: dry skin and we tried yeah. some different shampoos so we figured we get an expert on dr. Becker is with us
12: you know what the number one reason people take pets to the vet is skin problems yeah so across the country
1: what are the top three things we can do to calm those pet allergies
12: first of all this is probably the most important thing and that's to bathe your pet weekly And use a a shampoo as recommended by your veterinarian. Uh, Some veterans will recommend the same kind of shampoo, you know, that might be baby shampoo. This causes a dramatic decrease in skin problems because it washes away many or most of the allergy triggers that are on their coat or skin. So you have to think of a dog as a four-legged Swiffer, a four-legged dust mop. And what you're doing by giving them a bath once a week is you're just cleaning out, you're recharging the Swiffer, or throwing, cleaning out the dust mop, and uh, that
1: won't dry it, them out.
12: No, no. Well, that's what I used to. I used to tell everybody, oh, don't bathe them very often because it dries the skin out, because all this stuff, and it's it's just not true. Okay. One thing you do want to do differently too, if you can give your pet a 5-minute cool water soak. If you have a pet that's really sensitive skin, give them a 5-minute cool water soak afterwards. Says so warm water kind of aggravates the itching and cool water diminishes the skin inflammation and and the desire that dog gets to get the leg going in circles again. And you've always heard about oatmeal. You know, oatmeal is really good for a pet's skin and a lot of veterinary dermatologists recommend adding colloidal oatmeal like Aveeno to the bath water. So it gives the water a smooth, silky feel, and it helps to calm down skin inflammation. Is that
1: as effective as the oatmeal shampoos?
12: Well, I'll tell you what I do. I use a, a brand called Earth Bath, and then we add a to it. Okay. There's a lot of good shampoos, but you know, when you go into those pet superstores or you go online, you think, how can I possibly choose a shampoo? Too many. <laughs> Too many. Yeah. Uh, in the in the outdoors, you know, in the spring and summer. Now this is the time. You watch on TV, you notice it's nasochord, it's allegra. It's I mean, they're all advertising yep. for allergies because it's that time of year when uh, pollen fills the air and gets in your dog's airways and skin. So to, to help them, you keep them inside during the peak pollen time. So there's certain times of day that are the peak pollen times, especially early morning and evening. And then what we do, like I have a daughter that has two pugs. And they are like the allergy wrecks. And <laughs> so, what we have her do? She uses baby wipes. She gets unscented baby wipes, and every time they go outside to do their business, she just wipes the trunk of their body down with a with an unscented baby wipe. So she uses the baby wipes. She bathes them once a week and keeps them inside during those peak times. And she doesn't have she doesn't have any problems with them.
1: Mm, that's pretty good. What else? So,
12: Okay, now here's here's the important thing. I'm going I'm to give you a tip, uh, uh, a little insight that nobody else knows. But okay. There's been a product out now for over a year called Apoquel. And Apoquel is made by a company called Zoetis. And it is literally, it's one of those things you give and it's like a miracle. I, I have one of my own dogs, a lab pit bull cross, Gracie that we fought skin problems for four years. She'd do fine, keep her bathed all the time. Then she'd start itching. She'd break the skin barrier, get an infection, get a fungal infection. we treat it with antibiotics and antifungal. She'd be fine. Then she start itching again, the same cycle all the time. Apoquel treats as canine atopic dermatitis. It's a, it's a tablet that you give every day. And literally, she stopped itching within two hours of giving her the pill. She's never itched since. She stopped stinking in about, Three days, and uh, it's a pill you give every day, but there's no more biting, itching, scratching, chewing. The problem is the demand exceeded availability, and they've been out of stock most practices were unable to get it the practices that were good it couldn't get enough of it and they once they saw these pets saw relief they didn't want to take them off the product so they just limited it to clients that already had the product but now it's back in stock at most hospitals so but do you
2: do you need to know the source of the allergy yep. if it do you need to know if it's food allergy or if it's airborne do you need to know where it's coming from before you can give it to them
12: not really uh, it's and some of those are pretty hard to tell. You know, some of them are allergic to dust mites, other allergic to just pollen. Some are food. Some are some are food sensitivities, but. Uh, you probably talked about this on the show before. Some of these things are really hard to diagnose. And what this does, it's not a, a cyclosporin. You know, it's not something we use in chemotherapy. It's not a steroid. It's not an antihistamine. It's this novel thing that just breaks the histamine cycle at one spot. So histamine is what causes you, your eyes, you know, eyes to run or to sneeze or cause dogs to itch. And it's what causes a bug bite to itch. It's so safe that when I first heard about this drug about 18 months ago, one of the world's top veterinary dermatologists says, okay, this does this, this, this. Okay, like anything else, let's look at the side effects. He, the next slide was blank. It, there was nothing on there. Huh? And he but just, we don't
4: know the long-term side effects of it, do we?
12: Not yet. Huh? No, it's only been been out there about two years, but they worked on this product for 10 years. So it is an FDA-approved product. They do have some longevity studies that they use for that but it's always it's always a discussion with your local veterinarian on how much you give if you want to stay on it long term do the things i told you at home you know bathe them wipe them down uh, keep them inside during those peak times, and you'll probably re- you know remove or reduce a lot of it. If you have a pet that that doesn't work for, go visit your veterinarian.
1: There you go, Animal Radio Veterinary Correspondent, Dr. Marty Becker. What's the website, Doc?
12: drmartybecker.com
1: And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Well, there you go. Wasn't that fun and full-packed? Thank you, Judy. You did an awesome job. Thank you Thank you, Dr. Marty Becker. Thanks, Kim Kavan, Doc Halligan, and, of course, you for joining us today. Remember, if you need your fix during the week, animalradio.com. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Have a great one.
14: Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
9: This is Animal Animal Radio
5: Network.